G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor, welcome to our show today and Hunty, welcome. Thanks mate, great to be here, good to be with you, Lissus. How are you doing? Fantastic. Yeah, we are doing good because we're about to go to Melbourne. Very excited. Actually not Melbourne, Warburton. Warburton, close enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll share more. Make sure we share more about that we later, should, Hunty. We should tell because, the story. Yeah, if you're in Melbourne or Warburton or thereabouts, ah, oh, we'd love to meet you this we would. weekend. Hunty and or I. Or next. Yeah, or the next one after that. Yeah, we're, there actually, we're actually there for three, three weekends, weekends yes. in a row in Warburton at the... At the... Ooh... Redwood, Redwood Centre, is it? Yeah, I reckon it is. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about that later. Yep. Um, glad you're here today and a big welcome. Hey, it's been a big day in history. Really? Tell yeah, us. Yeah, look, some big things. 1800. So we're going to start a little further up the track today because yep. I want to keep this moving. Yep. Because we've got a lot of things on today. We do. 1800. First major slave rebellion by a guy, a African-American man by the name of Gabriel. It was thwarted. But he had a desire for freedom, and so did a thousand or two other slaves, and they rose up in rebellion. But the authorities got a wind of it, and they put that rebellion down. Slavery, awful thing. Awful. Yeah, just a dreadful thing. Mm. 1963, here's one. That was a vintage year. <laughs> that was the year I was born. I was born in September 1963, won't give you the date. Hunty says, never, ever, ever give ever, your personal ever, details ever. away. That's right. But it was September 1963. There's 31 days in September, so you can take a guess. Uh, 1963, the hotline between the Soviet Union and the United States was established. Ah, nice. Yeah. That, was that before or after the Cuban Missile Crisis? Or was that part of it? I don't know. That's, that's I think close. it might have been. Been as a result of the okay, Cuban very good. missile, but I'm going from memory there. I, I, but I think it might have been as a result of it. 1972, Cameron Diaz's birthday. I don't know much about her. Yeah, me either. She was an actress, or she is an actress. She's an actress. Yeah. I think she's still alive. What about this one? I know you know this one. 1993, David Letterman's show debuted. Debuted. Yeah. Well, I, I watched a lot of Letterman. I never, ever watched. I, I even I watched never, a show of his yesterday. I never watched a single, single show of David Letterman's. He did a fantastic program on the warming of the earth and global warming and carbon yesterday. I watched it yesterday. Oh, I think he's got into that on Netflix and since he retired. It is brilliant. If you get a chance to watch it, you should. Is he saying the earth is warming? He's saying places like Florida have to be careful or they'll be underwater in 20 years. Maybe I'll be underwater out there. Well, I was underwater. Jack Black also co-hosted this program. Brilliant. Mm, maybe I'll be underwater, hunty. <laughs> well, I'm only, I think I'm about 10 metres above sea level. Okay. Which is not much. It, that's if the creek is sea level, which I think it more or less is. Have to be close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2003, Charles Bronson died. Oh, wow. It's kind of sad. And 2021, I think this is very sad. Following a chaotic withdrawal, the last US troops left Afghanistan some seven years after the war in the country had officially ended. And that was a debacle. Mm. Many, many innocent Afghanistanians lost their lives because America dealt with that one so badly. And I think that's pretty much universally recognised by even the Americans themselves, that that withdrawal from Afghanistan a year ago was not well done. Hmm. 30th of August, 2022. Welcome to the program. Hunty, what's going today? We have a great program. We've got one of our hot guests from last week who agreed to join us again today, Dr. Eddie Ramirez. Actually, I went after him. 
Did you? Yeah, because I've got some questions <laughs> on food. Straight on food. I want to ask him more about food. I have this, this very, very big interest in food. Love, hate. No, just love, love. No, there's no hate when it comes to love food. Love the food, hate the diet. <laughs> well, don't – I've got to be careful, but I'm not a great believer in diets. I reckon lifestyle – Defeats a diet every time. Not that I am the perfect example, but I'm with God's grace. I'm trying to become yes the perfect, not the perfect example, but an example of what can happen if you eat the right type of food. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. We've also got uh, Simon Giliotti. He's later coming this back afternoon. too because yes. he, we ran out of time last week. We, and we were talking about youth depression, and we have asked the Aussie pastor, of course. In fact, let me give it a quick plug. If you would like to have your questions answered. By the Aussie pastor himself, Lord Grolleman, it's plenty of time. So you can send them in to us. You can text them to us on 0488-880-851 or you can email them to us, info at aussiepastor.com. We're glad you're here. We are. I hope you get a little window into heaven and are able to see Jesus. And, Hunty, I would like you to start for prayer, brother. Certainly. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come humbly before you this afternoon. Asking for your blessings for our listeners, Lord. I pray that you'll wrap your loving arms around them and bring them peace and please supply their needs. Also, I pray for Pastor Lloyd as he opens up the Bible, Lord, that you'll bless him. But especially bless all our listeners, Lord, I pray in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You know, Hunty, how I am, we call our ministry, the Aussie pastor. I guess yep. I'm kind of the Aussie pastor. Yep. I actually don't like being called Pastor Lloyd. Really? Nah. I must do it more often. <laughs> <laughs> I like just being called Lloyd. Okay, Lloyd is that, it is. Is that, is that Aussie? Nah, now I've been told. Is that, is that, oh, well, I've told you that before. Yeah, but on the radio, I thought, bit of respect, we'll give you the no, title. I like, I like, a lot of people wouldn't agree with me on that. You know, mm-hmm. but I actually like just being called Lloyd. Okay, and I think it's very Aussie, isn't it? This Done. this equilibrium yes. thing. We or, don't respect anyone in this country unless they're worthy of respect. It was interesting to me where I worked in America as a pastor. Well, not really a volunteer pastor, and I worked in Australia as a fully fledged, you know, paid pastor. And um, I'll tell you what: the difference between the two nations is incredible. Really? The, the, yeah. This. This rebellious streak, convict rebellious streak in our culture runs really, really deep. Oh, it does. And it's not in the Americans. Well, the Americans are are really, really happy to to support you and encourage you. (laughs) Yes. But in Australia, if you get on too high a pedestal, they'll rip you down. If if the church pastor in America has a nice brand new Mercedes, the church congress says, yeah, you go, pastor. If you turn up with a Mercedes, huh. You must be. Well, you've got you know. no worries about me turning up in a Mercedes because that's never going to happen. And the truth is, even in America, I don't know too many pastors with Mercedes. That's brother. true. That's true. <laughs> so I don't reckon we need to worry no, about to the worry. pastor turning up in a Mercedes. But the America, it's just, it is interesting to, to look at the difference between the cultures and the way the Americans treat their pastors and the Aussies. Everything here in Australia is earned. That's right. But the one thing you can't earn is. Heaven, mm. because that was paid for yep. on the cross yes. by Jesus Christ. And this, this next song, we played this a few times, and we're going to keep playing it because it's so good. This is a Collingsworth family. They're a family out of the United States of America yep. who are one of the most popular gospel groups in the nation and in the world. Wow. 
And yet they're a humble little family and they just sing so beautifully. And this song at Calvary, it's about Jesus paying the price for your sins so you can live forever. Years I spend in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died On
I hope and pray that um, someday they come to Australia. Because oh, good, I want to go to their concert, and if they don't come to Australia. I'll be very, very sad because <laughs> I suppose I have to try and save up to go to America and that's very unlikely. That's uh, camel through the eye of a needle nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, although you were headed to the United States for meetings and uh, you got COVID, so that didn't go down for you, did it? <laughs> and that was after you and I argued about that for almost 12 months. No, closer to two years, he three wa- years. Yeah, he wanted to go and I didn't want him to go. And in the end... Look, I wasn't smug about the fact that you got COVID. Oh, <laughs> no. The smug was so thick in the air, no, that, it was palpable. That's not true. The smug meter was in hey, the red. <laughs> I was very sorry for you when you had COVID. Yes. Uh, I didn't visit you, but I rang you and I sympathised and prayed and all the right things. News today. You know what? We are living in a bad news world, Hunty. I know. There was so much bad news yep. when I was preparing this this morning because I always do this on the day. So uh, what's today? Tuesday. What did I say it was? It's all, the 30th all, of August. 30th. And right now it's 3.46. Yeah, so I always do this on the day. Yeah. And there was just so much bad news I never knew where to, to start. But I got three, unfortunately, reasonably bad news stories. Mm. This first one. A third of Pakistan underwater. Yeah, that's just tragic. Now, Pakistan's a big country. Yep. And a third of that nation is underwater. 1,000 people have died. Yep. Countless people have lost their homes. This is a disaster. This is a mega disaster that for some reason we're not hearing a whole lot about in Australia. Some are calling it the worst flood in the history of mankind. Well, we know that's not true. Because there was a flood there was a big 4,000 years ago that took the whole planet out. Yep. But this is a shocker. And Pakistan is a developing country. It's not the wealthiest country in the world. And so when people lose their homes, and I know this having lost half my home in the last flood here in... in um, and all of our studio. Well, that was the half, wasn't it? That went, well, it wasn't the only thing that went down. Tractor mm. went down, mm. right on went down. I'm, actually, I'm a bit worried going down to Melbourne about what I would do if a flood comes while we're away, I reckon you and my, I might have to get it. We might have to get in the car and race and back. Rip up and move everything. Oh, man. I would do that. I, I wouldn't want to have to try and get all that, you know, machinery going again. No, that was a lot of work. But, but this is a disaster of momentous, uh, momentous, huge ramifications. Mm. And people are suffering over there. And the fact that, just think about this for a second, Hunty. One-third of the nation is going to go underwater before this is finished. Wow. There's definitely... Is that their homes as well? Yeah, their homes, everything. I saw a boy on a rock in the middle of a raging torrent this morning when I was looking at this news story get picked up by a helicopter. Mm. And, And just after the helicopter took him off, that rock went under. Oh, wow. This is horrific. And... I find some of the weather events in the world at the moment just horrendous. The drought literally next door in China. Again, they're saying one of the worst droughts China has ever experienced in history. I I don't know how they can define that as the worst in history because we never are able to go back too far in history. But shocking drought. Apparently, the last time there was no water in, in a particular river, they carved a statue in the bottom in the rock. And that statue is now visible. Wow. So that, it's, uh, that's how they say it's the lowest it's been. I know la- last week I talked about the Three Gorges Dam, how that's running out of water, and that's incredible. And, of course, when great nations like China and Egypt and uh, 
these other nations, even Europe, where you've got the Rhine running dry and the Thames River. We talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. We've got these rivers that have never run dry running dry. And you start to see water might be an issue of pretty serious consequence in the last days. Because these countries, you've got to be able to drink. You've got to be able to put water on your crops. And I mean, the, the Israelis are very, very smart people the way they are piping water through a desalination plant into the Lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and they sell, they sell $200 million or something worth of water to Jordan, their neighbours. So they're blessing their neighbours with their technology. But a lot of the countries don't have the technology. So you've got, you've got droughts, you've got floods, you've got earthquakes, uh, you've got volcanic eruptions, you've got tsunamis. It's like the whole world. It's, it's like nature is blowing up, hunty. Yeah, well, I think, I think it's linked to global warming as well. I think there's a very good chance that, although you may want to argue about global warming, that at the least, Hunter, you can say that environmentally the world's breaking down. And and then this one, which was, I thought, another bad, bad story, bird flu. Oh, dear. In Britain, birds are killing over and dying all over the place. In fact, they're, they're killing over and dying all over Europe, uh, all over the Northern Hemisphere. And what they're worried about is that what's happening is these birds, like humans, get the flu. But what they're worried about is that this avian flu, bird flu, will jump across yep. the chain into humans. And it's it's not like it hasn't happened before. And so, again, it just reminded me as I read through this and I, and I saw the fear, the palpable fear. And I, and I mean, there's reason to fear. They've got pictures and, and video in this news story of seagulls just killing over and, and kind of trying to get up and mm-hmm. falling. Mm-hmm. You know, they're dying. Terrible. And and when this when these viruses jump across to humankind, um, it can be pretty serious. And we're, we're seeing a, a serious pandemic now. And even though we don't talk about COVID much anymore, there's still a lot of people in hospital, a lot of people getting, and a lot of people dying from COVID. It's just it's kind of out of the news cycle at the moment. Yeah. And it just reminds me what Jesus said, that in the last days there'll be pandemics, there'll be viruses, there'll be plagues that'll sweep around the, the earth. You know what, Hunty, when we were going across the Nullarbor a few weeks ago, yep. you remember we stopped at a p- petrol station out in the middle of nowhere and she was selling it? Oh. That was the one with the locks on it. Yes. Because young people yep. were coming through from the cities iced up on ice, on drugs, yep. and stealing a petrol. Yeah, not paying for it. Yeah. Not paying for it. But yeah. I asked her how peaceful was it out there. She said very peaceful. and nice. um, She wanted, I think, 450000 for it. And I thought, oh, maybe we should <laughs> go out there to escape. <laughs> I don't, do you ever have that sense that you just want to yes. kind of run away? Just want to run away from everything, yes. You know, go somewhere where you can just live with your family and some peace and some safety. Stran- strangely, uh, the middle of the desert has never called me. I always see myself running away to, a, to a, my own tropical island. <laughs> And then uh, this last one, Iran threatens to destroy Israel. Um, Is that, do you think that's even militarily possible? I don't know whether it's militarily possible or not. um, Israel's got some pretty high-tech weapons. Yeah. It would be an awful thing if Israel and Iran were to go at it. But it just reminded me again of the reality that what we've got here in the world is so many wars and rumours of wars. Just like Jesus said there would be in that great uh, discourse on the Mount of Olives where he told his disciples what it would be like at the end of time. You go and read Matthew 24 and then you look at what's going on in the world today, you've got to scratch your head and say, man, 
are we actually at the end of time? And I have never been a pastor who... I don't think I've been a pastor who gets all beat up about these things and into conspiracy theories, and I've never tried to to get people excited on these sorts of things unnecessarily, but it's very mm. difficult when you look at what's going on in the world today not to say, wow, some, something is wrong. The world is heaving. It is struggling, and humanity on it is struggling. And I think when we see these things, Hunty, we've got to look up yep. to the east because because soon we're going to see Jesus come. And then a good news story. Oh, what's the good news story? The good news story was there's this guy here in Sydney and he's opened up a food pantry nice. in a great big warehouse. Yep. And he's talking about he started off with just a few people and now hundreds of people. Uh, and he says sometimes two, three hundred plus people are coming to this food pantry. And you know where he's getting his food from? Where? The big Coles, Woolworths, IGAs of Australia. How so? I'm not sure how that works, but they give him excess food and he takes it to his pantry and he opens it up and there's actually trolleys there. And they can actually wheel the trolleys through and get whatever food they want Wow! for their families. And he, he says the poverty out there in Australia is pretty challenging at the moment. Yep. And I just thought it was a good news story that you've got someone, yes, just an ordinary bloke from yep. Sydney here, doing something... For people making to help a difference them through the struggles, yeah. So there you go, mate. Um, bad news all around today, but mm. as I just said, look up, look east. Jesus is coming. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This next song, hymn sing from Gerald Wolf. Hymn sing. We've kind of put these guys on before, Hunty. Yeah, but what they do is. They go around and they do concerts in churches all around America. They yep. sing the old hymns. Do you like the old hymns? It's in America, is it? Yeah, it's in America. Oh, I thought it was the UK. Nope. Okay. It's in America. They're all American. Do you, do you like do you like hymns? Oh, yeah, I love hymns. The okay. bigger, the grander, the better. I thought you were more into the contemporary stuff. Yeah, but give me a pipe organ and a set of timpanies and I'll have a great time. Okay. Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful song. kind of moves along pretty well too, but listen to the words because we are living in a world that's hurt. We are living in a world that's struggling. And these words, when we all get to heaven, I kind of think it won't be long. And I think it's sometimes real positive, Hunty, for us to spend some time meditating on what it'll be like when we get to heaven. Tip of the iceberg. So turn to page 393. When we all get to heaven, we'll sing and shout for victory. Let's sing it together.
That's a ripper. It's a lot of fun, Hunty, when you're in a song service like that. It's inspiring too. Yeah, that run, it rocks yeah. along. So what he does is he goes in with his, um, I guess his band, and they get a choir behind them, and there's probably 1,000, 2,000 people in the church, and they sing yep. these old hymns, and that's one of them. And, and I've, I've kind of mentioned before, Hunty, I get that some of our listeners are not used to this sort of music, Yep. but as you make decisions to follow Jesus and you let him into your heart, and this music becomes a part of your culture, it opens up heaven, and you can have some of the most amazing experiences with Jesus through good spiritual music. Yep. Okay, I think we're up for a... I think we are too. ...an interview with Eddie, Dr. Eddie Ramirez. Are you there, Doctor? I am here. Hi. Uh, you- uh, good afternoon. Uh, greetings from Cairns, beautiful Cairns. Ah, uh, so you are still in Australia. That's right. I'm still in Australia. How much longer? Uh, yesterday, um, until Thursday. I went scuba diving yesterday, actually. So uh, two uh, white tip uh, reef sharks, uh, quite close. It was like three, four meters from me. How big were they? Um, a good uh, meter and a half. That's a big shark. Um, for size of shark, that's actually small. <laughs> were, were they towy at all? Much, much, much bigger than that. Were they towy? Were they a bit aggressive or not at all? No, not at all. Uh, they're doing their thing and uh, they're just watching you. If you actually get closer, they actually go away. Did you, know, you feel no, Did you feel nervous about it at all? No. No, no, no. Have you been with sharks ever before? Yes, I've seen a a few. Uh, I think this was the closest I've been to one, but I've seen uh, a a, a few before that. Were you scuba diving or were you you just free diving? No, I I was scuba diving. These sharks like to go all the way on 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 the floor. It was beautiful. I mean, I saw turtles, sea turtles, um, all kinds of colorful fish, uh, a big manta ray. So, yeah, very, very pretty. Yeah, it was yeah. really rough, the ocean. Uh, as we say in America, probably half of the passengers there um, toss off their cookies, you know, <laughs> because it was really, really rough. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's inside the reef too. So you're always inside the reef there because um, you're coming out from Cairns, I'm imagining. Or, or what's that place just north of Cairns that you go out to the reef from, Hunty? Oh, a Great Barrier Reef. Port, what, what's it called? No, Port, Port, Port Douglas. That's oh, yes. it, Port Douglas. So where did you go from, Port Douglas? No, I actually left from Cairns. Okay, yep. And we went to a reef by the name of Moor Reef. You get out there and there's a there's kind of a little place a little deck you go and get onto and you dive you off the it. deck and they give you lunch did they give you a healthy lunch yeah there was there were a few plant-based options there yeah uh, they had a good uh, curry there with the uh, eggplant and uh, plenty of fruit so yeah well that's what i want to get into because i know that you are a doctor um you also believe in food as medicine that would be a fair comment yeah uh, in fact, yep. would it be fair to say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, do you believe that if you eat right, that your chances are minimised greatly of being afflicted by some of these diseases which seem to follow mankind around at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. That's what the research uh, shows. I've done research actually on the subject. Uh, 
and you just check the epidemiology. What is the cause of death here in Australia? The most popular ones, and sadly, is heart disease. Mm. Your odds of dying heart of heart disease are actually quite elevated. If you're living in Australia and you live like the average Australian, yep. you're high risk for heart disease, and uh, yeah, followed by issues such as uh, cancer, you know, strokes. Uh, so yes, those things are big time preventable if we make the right choices. How do we know this? Well, you know, there's been huge epidemiological studies. One of them happened to occur. In Connecticut, there's a town by the name of Framingham, and since the 1940s, they have followed all those people living in that city since 1940s until now, asking them about their eating habits, taking blood samples. So we have this huge amount of information, and we can see who is going to end up with the heart disease, who is not going to end up with the heart disease, who is going to end up with the cancer, who is not going to end up with the cancer, and so forth. So, so say I've lived a life as an average Aussie, and I've eaten my meat pies and my milkshakes and my McDonald's, but at other times I've eaten vegetables. You know, the average, which I think would be, our diet would have to be pretty close to the American one, I reckon. Um, and I decide, say, at 60, let's just, pull that figure out, that I want to start eating healthy. And I go on to fruits, grains, nuts, and vegetables. Is that how, you, how you'd see the best? And water, and water. I got your story with the Coke last week. I heard you. And water. Can I fix myself up, or has the damage already been done? Yeah, you know, it's amazing how much regeneration possibility the body has. And I've seen this. I, I have personally seen this. I have 28 years of working in these lifestyle centers, places where people go there, and for two, three weeks, we change their habits. And it is amazing what we see from there, from reversal for, of high blood pressure to reversal of diabetes, um, gaining you know the, the energy that you need, uh, helping people improve their uh, sleeping habits and so forth. But we can go even beyond that. There's research that has tested, you know, the arteries get yes. clogged in if we have the wrong type of diet. Yep. And it's possible to reverse some of those blockages in a matter of months if we are sticking to the program, um, just a, a testimony, a patient of ours, um, when I was in the Black Hills, uh, this lifestyle center is located next to the faces of the presidents in the mountains. You know, everybody yep. has seen that picture. Just 15 minutes from there, there's a lifestyle center. I worked there for many years. We had a patient. He had severe blockage to the arteries that go from the heart to the brain. That's a really serious condition. In fact, his cardiologist told him, I am very sorry, but uh, you're probably going to die soon. Yep. That's basically what he told me. Yep. We cannot do anything. It's too dangerous to clean that with a, a procedure. Sometimes they have a procedure to be able to clean yep. a little bit the arteries. So set your things up and you're going to die soon. And he came to our program. He stayed with us for a month. 
And I saw this with my own eyes. That person was barely able to walk when he got there. He left that place running. And when he went back to his cardiologist, there has been a reversal of 25% in the thickness of the blockage of his arteries. His cardiologist was in shock. He has never seen this. He actually wrote a nice article in the newspaper documenting the findings and, and so forth. So this is just one of many stories that I could tell you of reversal of disease. So is there an age where it's too late? Mm, the sooner, the better. You know, there's many multiple variables on the possibility of reversing the atherosclerosis, how much inflammation is in the artery, what's that blockage composed of, is it something recent, has it taken a long time, do you have other collateral arteries around it? So if this blocks, these other ones take over. So it's many potential variables but the best thing you can do is to start now because how do you know you're not going to be able to reverse this until you try it? That's right. That's right. Um, fruits, grains, nuts, and vegetables, and, and water, uh, which, is, which is what you advance. And legumes. Uh, yes. Legumes. Okay. So right. Legumes aren't nuts, are they? Fruits, grains, nuts, vegetables. Mm-hmm. Legumes are that family of the beans the chickpeas, the lentils, yeah, yeah. they're usually inside a pot. That's how yeah. we know they are a legume. Yeah, I, I love them, actually, believe it or not. Can you so, – so, so I make a decision to change my lifestyle, um, um, and you'll be happy to know, I actually, since you spoke to me last week, and I was talking to Hunty about this, and he's on a similar road, I haven't eaten a single egg. <laughs> Can you believe yes, that? Yes, you scared the eggs out of me last week. Well. <laughs> um, and I've cut right down on my cheese. I think I had cheese once and I felt really guilty about that. But say I'm on, on, on to the good diet. I'm fruit, grains, nuts, vegetables, legumes and water. Yep. Do I have to worry about sizes of what I'm eating? Not necessarily. You actually have to to eat more now when you switch like that. Because of the fiber, um, when you eat these foods, you feel more satisfied. Number two, you need to be uh, eating more because you're eating less calories with your meal. So you actually enjoy food much more when you make that transition in that direction. So basically just eat until you're full, don't overeat, but is that what you're saying? Or? Yeah, um, there's a principle that the Japanese taught the whole world, and in Japanese it's called hara huchi bu, which means eat until you are 80% full. Okay. So you shouldn't eat until you're like, you know, <laughs> your, your, your buttons are popping out. That's a little bit too much. Eat to be satisfied, and that's when you stop it. Now, I, I know I'm probably going into sensitive territory here, but I'm interested in all this myself because for some time I've been trying to change my diet. When you become a vegan of sorts, and I'm not talking about a militaristic vegan who's running around and, and getting into everybody else because they might be eating some. I don't think that's right myself personally. Yeah. I think li- live your witness rather than try and jam it down everybody. But yep. 
Is it true that if you're a vegetarian, the food will go through you much faster and you'll probably end up going to the toilet more or easier? Yeah, that's, that's very true. You know, there was this very famous uh, physician, Dr. Burkitt. He lived many years in, um, in, in Africa. He was originally from uh, Scotland, so he was able to compare the lifestyle of the Westerner with the lifestyle of the African. And he used to always say, the bigger the poop, the smaller the hospitals. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there's a lot of truth to that. You know, <laughs> they even put racks nowadays on the toilet so people can, you know, pick up a magazine and <laughs> because how much time they're going to spend down there. If you go to Africa, the toilets are not the most comfortable pieces of hole yeah, there. I, you better do there. your business as soon as possible and yes. move out. Yeah. So the amount of fiber makes you go to the bathroom more often, which is good, and it prevents all kinds of problems. See, if you go to the hospital and you check the files in here in, in Cairns of the people in the hospital that are 60, 70 years old, if they did a colonoscopy when they check the colon, yep. you'll see that people have, have diverticula, people have polyps, these things that grow there. Yep. And sadly, some even start to change the, the, the cells into precancerous or cancer. Yep. Something extremely common. You go and do the same thing in one of those rural societies, you don't find those things, period. Yeah. This is abnormal. You, you, you shouldn't have these things. Secondary to the lack of fiber, we harm tremendously our digestive tract. Okay. Um, let me go further. Is, is there room at all for any meat in our diet? Yep. So, yeah, you know, th this is the reality. What were our ancestors eating? You know, usually our ancestors used to have a little farm. They used to cultivate quite a bit, lots of variety, more variety than today. Today is just corn, 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 or something like that. You know, yep. In the old days, was lots of variety. And our ancestors probably had a goat or a cow somewhere there, yep. but they couldn't kill their goat every day. That was celebration type of food, you know, yep. when it was like the marriage of the daughter or something like that. Yep. Yep. And the rest of the year, they would eat what the ground was giving them. Okay. So that idea of eating such ex excess of animal protein it is something new. In the old ah. days, only a king had the ability to do that. Yep. Only kings had diabetes heart disease and so forth. <laughs> now, because we live like kings and queens, we get the diseases of the kings and queens. Okay. So, so on the odd occasion, you're saying you could eat a meat dish without damaging yourself excessively. Yeah, you know, places like the Mediterranean diet has taught us that, you know, whenever they use an animal product, it's just to give a little bit of flavor. Yeah. It's a small amount, yep. and it's a once-in-a-while thing. That's the guideline. So uh, we, we, we have it backwards. In, in, in the Western world, in many countries, it's a, 
big piece of animal protein and yeah. a little bit of veggies around. Yeah. yeah. We have it completely backwards. Okay. Can I can I ask you just a couple of foods? Chicken. Yes. Um, you know, chicken is the most common source of cholesterol in the Western world. And um, actually, like we are talking about uh, last week, we know our next pandemic is going to come from there. Okay. The way we are raising the chickens by the thousands yep. Yep. and thousands in one place, the perfect place for disease to come out. Uh, fish. Yeah. Uh, fish... Actually, from all the other ones, it happens to be the, the best one, mm-hmm. but we have a big challenge. You know, personally have uh, presented research at the toxicology meetings in the world, which we study how much toxins are in foods yep. and so forth. Yep. And sadly, every fish today has mercury. The body has not the ability to remove the mercury from our bodies, and mercury likes to go to our nervous system, to our brain. Diseases such as ALS, Parkinson's, dementia increase as we increase the intake of fish. So that's the problem we have gotten ourselves as we're polluting our oceans well, Australia tends to be pretty good at avoiding pollution, but what about the Chinese? What about the Indians? What about Latin America? They throw junk to the ocean like crazy, and those things end up affecting us even here in Australia. That's the reality of the situation. Actually, interesting <coughs> Interesting you talk about Australia. We have these uh, fish farms down in Tasmania, salmon fish farms, mm. and apparently the toxicology reports coming out of those fish farms is fairly... Um, sobering to say the very least so even here in australia i think as soon as you start to get away from the way nature does things uh in other words what there's there's a lot of difference it seems between a a wild caught salmon and a salmon you get out of a fish farm uh, when it comes to you have to medicate those because there's so many in one place so you have all these uh, things you feed them artificial stuff you actually kill more fish trying to feed those fish than if you let them wild and catch them later on. Let me ask so you, I want to ask you another three foods. Uh, I want to put another three foods to you, and then I want to ask you about diabetes, if that's all right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Beef. That's right. Yeah, well, I'm talking about Aussie Aussie beef, which is yes. not grain-fed, grass-fed beef, and it's hormone-free. Yes. Okay, go. That's right. That's right. So, uh, number one thing is a humongous excess of protein. You do not need that excess protein that end up harming your kidneys, end up harming your liver as it tries to disintoxicate. Very interesting study. It's called the X-fistula. You take the stomach of a dog, you remove the artery that feeds to the liver so that disintoxication takes place. You take that artery and you bypass the liver. You feed a dog a piece of meat, you will kill the dog. Yep. That's how toxic meat is without your liver disintoxicating all that excess nitrate products and so forth. Increase your risk of cancer, increase your risk of heart disease. My opinion, not worth it. Okay, not okay, worth it. yeah, no, fair enough. Um, this is a big one. Pork. And when I mean pork, I'm not just talking about pork, I'm talking about ham, bacon, any, any, any meat that comes from a pig. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so the um, the AACR, so organization based in Europe that classifies what things cause cancer and what things maybe cause cancer and what things don't can cause cancer. Process uh, pork is carcinogenic. This is no question about it. It's a 2A carcinogenic. So processed pork, definitely out of the question. The issue with the uh, pig's meat is the fact that there is too much um, concentration of amino acids. The pig has the ability to eat the worst of the worst, and it doesn't <laughs> yeah, die. Yeah, my because, <laughs> Great scavengers. Because God made it for that, so that it would eat all the trash and things and yeah. so forth. Why would you eat that? Even if you're a student of the Bible, you would see that the, 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 the Bible clearly says, you know, this type of food is not good. Don't even touch it, says yep. the pig. You know, in, in, in Leviticus uh, chapter 11, where did Jesus put those demons when he took them out of that demon, demoniac man? Yep. He chose the pig, you know, which committed suicide, and that's where they end up in the ocean. He was giving them a favor. Many diseases come from pigs. He was helping them take the pigs out of their rich so that he could they could have a better life and they yeah. got upset with Jesus. But, uh, the old pig's an amazing animal because they're so intelligent. <laughs> mm. They're so intelligent. And they actually do enjoy having a relationship with human beings. They're a bit like dogs, you know. They're very but really, as you said, the problem is the crossover between not just eating them, but the diseases we share with them can it can be pretty tragic sometimes. Um the meat of the pig is very similar to the meat of humans. That's why you've seen in the news that they're trying to put a kidney of the pig on the yes. human because it's so similar. So it's like eating almost a human when you eat a, a pig. You know how close yeah. the, the, yeah. that meat is to us. One more food, and then I want to just talk to diabetes to finish our little interview. I wish we could talk to you every week. <laughs> I, I'm going to try and hunt you down at least once a month <laughs> to try and because I find, look, I actually find it fascinating and helpful myself. This is a big one for Aussies: seafood. Yes, uh, seafood. Shrimp, so, shrimp, uh, crab, uh, that's right. lobster. That's lobster yeah. mm-hmm. That's right. So so those animals have a function. If you're scuba diving, you can see that. Yeah. Things, for example, like lobsters, where are you going to find them? You're not going to find them floating in the top. You're always going to find them in the bottom of the ocean. They are, that's why they're classified like that, bottom eaters, same thing with crabs and so forth. So all the trash and things that fall on the floor, that's what these people, this animal eat. So why would you want to eat the trash collector of the ocean? Yep. You know, even, even um, shrimp, all the uh, feces and toxins and so forth, this animal puts them in the head. If you ever seen, you know how they prepare the shrimp. You have to remove the head as it's full of all this junk yeah. and things. See, those things are not only in the head. They're all over the body, and they are tremendously high in cholesterol. Talking about a serving of... Uh, um, of shrimp, you're talking about eating 400 milligrams of cholesterol. Your goal should be five wow. milligrams 
maximum. So tremendous atherogenic. Sounds like the eggs last week, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember. Well, this was 250. At least it's better than the 400. (laughs) What what are they, 250, 300? The eggs, what were they again in cholesterol? Uh, 250. Still. 251 egg. Oh, that's really high. Uh, I, I do have one question before we get to the diabetes. Blood. Blood in meat. If you're going to eat meat, that's should right. you be... I know the Jews, I think even the Muslims, eat mm. meat kosher. Yeah. Is, is that... If you had to eat meat, would that be the way to do it or...? That would be a, a better option. And um, it's interesting when you taste that meat, it does not taste like your usual meat. So, you so when they bleed it, you, when they bleed the, it, it doesn't taste the same. That's right, because the blood gives some taste to the to the meat. And uh, yeah, just think about it. The, the the blood is part sewage system and in part, you know, a nourishing part. Uh, so whenever we have toxins, we send them to the blood so they can uh, reach uh, the different organs for disintoxication and so forth. So by eating the blood, you know, I know some dishes that they actually literally make blood, the, the, the dish, uh, you're eating quite a bit of uh, toxins and things uh, the body's trying to get rid of. Okay, so it really comes down to it, Hunty. Fruits, wow. grains, nuts, vegetables, water, and legumes. legumes. <laughs> um, just a quick one at the end. There are two types of diabetes, type 1 and type 2. We already know, and we've spoken about it, that type 2 diabetes, which is developed you can correct me, doctor, but develop through lifestyle, usually through lifestyle issues. Um, I mean, I'm pre-diabetic, and it's through lifestyle issues, uh, and I think with uh, fruit, grains, nuts, vegetables, legumes and water and exercise, there's no doubt that that my diabetic condition lessens. I stop itching. Um, I get pains through the chest, they all, which is a d- part of my diet. I've had heart and all that checked and lungs. It's part of my di- pre-diabetic, you know, what's going on. Um, but type 1, that's diabetes you're born with, correct? Or it's in your DNA? Not necessarily or- you're born, but uh, you have a certain genetic predisposition and certain things trigger your type 1 diabetes. Uh, quick story, when I was in medical school, we were talking about type 1 diabetes. Yep. And every medical student carries a book this size. Um, For those of you on radio, a, which is a, he's talking about a book maybe 100, centimeters. 100 millimeters, <laughs> yeah. 150 millimeters. Yeah. And we we're talking about type 1 diabetes, and the professor said, you know what? We don't know what causes type 1 diabetes. I raised my hand and said, Dr. Exposing children to dairy milk early in their years actually increases the risk of um, type 1 diabetes. <laughs> and the whole classroom laughed at me, you know, yeah. as if I was saying some sort of heresy. Yeah. I took my book of pathology and I opened that book. It says there literally that every medical student reads that. Why we don't promote this type of ideas to the community? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, so, don't know. So that's one of the factors. That's not the only one, but certain viral infections can also trigger it and so forth. Does then type 1 diabetes, is it helped? Can it even, I've got to be careful saying this, but can it, and I ask this ignorantly, can, can it be cured or through diet or is it? 
you cannot cure it, but we could prevent a few of those cases. I'm not saying all the cases, but a few of those cases we could potentially prevent. For a dog. Um, yeah. So, so, so what happened is the following. Sometimes somebody is diagnosed as type 1 diabetic. Well, they actually have type 2 diabetes. Okay. okay. And you do the lifestyle and you reverse the diabetes. So, uh, yeah, you need to watch out with that. Um, if somebody wants to go to my research that I do, I have actually documented some um, some clinical cases reversing diabetes. Um, just Google Francisco, like San Francisco, Francisco Ramirez Research Gate. If you Google those two words, you'll go where my research is. There's more than 160 published studies, and um, I have a, a, a few uh, cases there. Uh, some studies on diabetes and so forth. And there's also my website, dradramirez.com. It's a, a YouTube page. I'm not selling you absolutely anything. You know, you just go there. All this information is uh, it's free. So uh, the good news about your type, your pre-diabetes research shows, if you switch decidedly to a plant-based diet, your pre-diabetes will reverse. 99% of the people with pre-diabetes can reverse their, their pre-diabetes. And if you've got type 1, it'll help to manage it. Is that what you're saying? If the, you have minimum? type 1, it will help to manage it so you don't need as much insulin. Too much insulin in the body has some negative effects. So we want to keep those insulin level levels as low as possible. You, you can have type 1 diabetes and you gain weight, you're going to end up with type 2. So you can have yeah. type 1 and type oh, 2 diabetes yeah. at the same time. Disaster. Oh, look, you're a very interesting man, full of um, a wealth of knowledge. And every time I talk to you, Hunty and I, we get challenged. Don't we, we do. Mate? We do. Uh, hopefully, and hope and pray that next time in Australia, you'll find a fitter and a healthier Lloyd and Andrew. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. Could we, could we try and get you on in a month? Um, Hunty knows how to contact you. I'm not saying exactly four weeks, but can we book you in again? Yep. I know you're a busy man. You're really going all over the world. Um, but we could we could even pre-record this guy, Hunty. We could. Everyone out there. Is I, I think that would be the best because right now it's two twenty-eight a.m. where I live. So. Right. All right. <laughs> no, that, that answers that. I, I'm going to get Hunty to chase you down, and we'll do. It. We always go over time talking to this guy. Well, I do. Don't well, I? we do. I, I can actually keep going, but I better stop it. Thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for the knowledge that you've got, and for the ministry that you have, and for the thousands of people whose lives you are changing and helping for the better. Thanks, Doc. See ya. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it. Goodbye to everybody. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Okay, Hunty. Uh, more, I, I, more good news. Actually, it is good news for me. It excites me. <laughs> me too. It excites me. He's amazing, um, isn't he? Yeah, it is. And I'm excited to, to know that some of the conditions I have got can be fixed through diet. And I, I just Every time I talk to him, it renews my... Uh, how do you say it, Hunty? My, my enthusiasm. Yeah. Mm. I want to live a healthy life. And I hope you out there listening on radio, I hope you want, I hope it challenges you too. This next song, Hunty. Yep. It's a fairly new one. It's from, I'm making sure I get the right yeah, one. Ernie House. Yeah, Signature, Signature Sound. Sound. Yep. And it's called um, Clear Skies. Clear and it's skies. talking about how walking with Jesus, in the end, life is always going to be better. That's it. 
when you're lonely Tough are the days filled with pain Sometimes this life gives you thunder And then you get caught in the rain Take it from someone who's weathered More than a couple of storms There might be sadness around you But joy will soon knock on your door I see clear skies coming and it won't be for long. I see sunshine after the clouds are gone. You may be crying all night, but God's gonna send out heaven light. I see clear skies coming and I know that it won't be long. No, it won't be long. Go on and laugh at the bad times. Some things are out of your hands. When life throws a lot of stuff at you, turn up the music and dance. I see clear skies coming, and it won't be long. Simon. What a ripper. G'day guys, how you going? Good mate. Is it clear skies for you? It is, it's a beautiful day today. It's winter. Are you home or you at work or how does that work? I'm at home. I um, was at work and I decided to leave a little bit early so I could do this one from home. Nice. Now last week we said your job was up for grabs and you were going to get voted in or out. How'd you go? Well actually the truth of it is that vote takes place on September 12 for me. So they, they vote the big bosses in the big session and then they talk about us later. So we'll see what happens. September 12. I didn't know that. I, yeah, thought, yeah. I thought it was in the session. Yeah, no, they only do the three big amigos. The three amigos what are we, is what we call them in the session. <laughs> and, then, and then we um, get voted in what's called appointments committee in a couple of weeks. So by the time I come on here next time, I'll be able to let you know what I do. 
You'll be right, mate. If they if they moved you, there'd be such an uprising of young mm. people in uh, Sydney. They'd have to watch out for their own jobs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he is a very popular youth leader. This guy, I know that. Um, well, you, I ask- you, guys, you guys are too kind to me, but um, but again, I I, I don't. I, someone asked me about it today, actually, and I said, I don't worry about these things. I leave them with the Lord. That's it. Oh, it's true, man. Yeah. Um, I've I've always been like that. I leave things to the Lord with my life. Yeah, actually, in our in our line of work, which is ministry, Simon, and it is Pastor Simon. We don't know whether we'll be even in, in the same city this time next year. God kind of just moves around and takes you from adventure to adventure, doesn't he? It's quite amazing, really. That's the thing. Like, I grew up in a town. I kid you not, of three thousand people. That's how many people lived in the town that I grew up. A country town in, in tropical North Queensland, way up in the mountains. What's and that? What's no that place idea. called? Uh, it's called Ravensow. Okay, and you're saying you had no idea. I had no idea that I'd end up living in a place like Sydney as a youth leader for the city region. You know, you sort of think, how did this? Had this country kid from the middle of nowhere end up in the city. You know what I mean? You just think, well, that's God. That's what he's like. Hey, did you have rivers and lakes and stuff up there? Beautiful rivers, um, freshwater ones, a lot of waterfalls. Crocodiles? Crocodiles, um, not really, but yes. So what I mean by that is we were in the mountains where we lived. Yep. So no crocodiles up in the mountains, but at the bottom of the mountain, yeah. Yeah, I know they're there at the bottom, but up on, so you're up on the tablelands. There's no crocodiles up there or there is? Only freshwater ones, but not salty, so not problematic ones. No. How do the freshwater ones even get up there? No idea. <laughs> I don't even like the idea of swimming with a freshwater one, to tell you the truth. Because I was reading the other day in Western Australia, a freshwater crocodile bit a bloke. Yeah, well, they do They do bite people from time to time. I, I mean, they. We, we were always told as kids, like, you don't have to worry about them, but they'll bite, they'll only attack you if they got, like, kids and, like, yeah. you know, baby crocs or whatever that they're trying to protect or something like that. And But I've never heard of anyone up there much getting, having any problems with a freshwater. Ha, have you swum with them? By accident, yes. <laughs> what about a, what a big salty, mate, with the big fat nose? Have you ever, ever swum with one of them? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't. Not that I know of. That's for sure. If I did, the Lord protected me. <laughs> the previous guest we had just been out to the Barrier Reef, and I often ask myself, what stops a salty being? Out? We go and we dive that reef, and you think, what start, stops a big saltwater crocodile coming out here? But they never seem to go out there, do they? Yeah, I mean, I because I, I lived on, I lived in Townsville, I lived in Mackay, I lived in Cairns, all along the coast of Queensland, yep. different times of my life, and. What what they normally do is they come out of a river inlet, swim along the beach, and go back into another one. Yeah. So you don't see them on the beaches every now and then, or swimming past the beach, and you think, mate, it's probably not a good idea to swim at this beach, but everyone does it anyway. So, so you swim know. at beaches up there? You do swim the, at the beach? The locals will swim at the beaches up there. They will. They definitely won't swim in the inlet rivers. But they'll probably pick, like, an open spot in the middle somewhere to swim in a beach and go for a swim, yeah. So when you're living in North Queensland, you just don't, you, you just do not swim in one of those rivers. Simple as that. P- pretty much. N- no way. You wouldn't catch me in one of those rivers. You couldn't pay me to get... Because I, I actually used to work up at this place called Port Douglas. I'd drive from Cairns to Port Douglas yep. every day. yep. And when the tide was low, you'd see all the crocs laying up on the, on the water side. You, but True. when the tide was high, you couldn't see a thing. So it looks like an inviting summer swim. Would you, go, really, would you go in a tinny? Would you go in a tinny out into one of those rivers? Depends how big it was. If it was <laughs> like four metres, probably. Smaller than that, probably not. 
Yeah, it's just that you see guys up there in tinnies and you think, oh, man. Yeah, they uh, hey, I've, I've, I've got a question, Lloyd. To me or to him? Well, it's ask the Aussie pastor. Hunty's trying to hurry us on. I'm actually enjoying this conversation. I'm actually enjoying it very much. Oh, the hand breaks. The hand breaks exercising his full flex. Well, we're so late today, it doesn't matter. Oh. That's why. Oh. <laughs> and I think it's interesting to find out a bit about these guests. And this guy's a regular. He's a regular. And he's a North Queensland. He's blue blood. And what I mean by that, he's maroon blood. Oh. They don't get better than this one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love your brother, mate. I've got a fellow brother on on the radio here in Sydney, and we're missionaries down here, aren't we, man? We are, mate. We are. Is Hunter your brother, or is he? No. A, is he like Lloyd, I was born in New South Wales. Yeah, but I keep telling him I was born again <laughs> in Queensland, and he struggles with that born again uh, concept. Experience. Yes, he does. But well, no, I'm no not, blue and blue right through. Yeah. Okay, I'll be happy to have Bible studies with Hunty when you need me to. <laughs> <laughs> he might be beyond a saving. <laughs> okay, Hunty. All righty. Shall we get going with the yes. Aussie Pastor yeah, segment? Yeah, All right, yeah. first question. Um, you always seem to be talking about the second coming of Jesus. Why do you think it is so close? I suppose that's one is for me. And thank you, Simon, for joining us for Ask the Aussie Pastor as well as our little interview after. Um, oh, my simple answer to that is because I read Matthew 24, Luke 21, uh, Mark chapter... Ugh, what do they have to say about 12, it? I think it is. Well, they give us a whole heap of signs that tell us what it'll be like between before Jesus comes, and it's kind of like uh, these signs are becoming more intense, they're becoming more frequent. What kind of signs? Uh, um... Natural disasters, floods, like we're seeing. Oh, yep. We've already talked about it today. Yep. Um, floods, typhoons, pandemics. hurricanes, pandemics, volcanic eruptions, troubles in the world, wickedness increasing, all this stuff. Okay. And you just look at it, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think we should overhype this, but, you know, when they're talking about that flood in Pakistan, as we already said, the worst flood in history, in history – then you've got to step back and say what's going on, and the world is going crazy. It's like the world yep. environmentally is just going cr- like it's an old man in its death throes, and then you look at the actual behaviour of human beings and the deterioration of the behaviour of human beings from sexuality and morality through to, um, you know, uh, the cruelty and the bullying and all these sorts of things and the depression that this is causing and the mess the world is in, you, you've almost got to say, Lord Jesus, come, and then you can dump on top of that the things like the nuclear um, threat from from America, yeah, Russia, China. Pakistan, India, China, all these nuclear powers. North Korea wants to call herself a nuclear power. Iran is lining up. Israel already is. I mean, you, you wonder whether if Jesus doesn't come, the world would even have a future. So, I don't know. You want to add to that, Simon? Yeah, like I've been thinking about this a bit actually, and I'm challenged by two things. One, I do see signs, and I think the signs match what Matthew twenty four says. And I think you'd have to have your blinkers on if you didn't see some of them, to be honest. And that's not to be rude or or anything mm. like that. You know, that's just kind of looking around. And the second thing I'm challenged by is I sometimes wonder if I take the whole thing seriously enough, or if I'm a little bit laxed by just the general things of the world. When I, when I say that, it's not like I'm a worldly person, but it's more that there's just the general things of life are going on, going on around us. And I sometimes think, you know, am I actually taking the sharing Jesus with the world thing 
serious enough mm. because at the end of the day the Bible says that he is the saviour of the world and, and you need to put yourself you need to put your faith in him to be saved. And I sort of think, well, it's a bit of a wake up call to me when I, when I see these things that hey, I need to be living for Jesus and I need to be looking at how is he leading me to share him with other people. So that's my ten cents on it. Well the big sign is of course Jesus says, My story must go to the whole world, then I will come. Uh, and so I, I, th- I think that's reasonable um, expectation on yourself. What am I, if you're a Christian, what am I doing to share Jesus to a world that's running out of hope? Yeah, De- um, definitely. And I mean, the, like the as much as we like to brush over it, the Bible actually does paint a picture of a of a time of judgment. When I, what I mean by a time of judgment is well. When Jesus comes, if you're not on the right side, it doesn't exactly paint the greatest picture for you. Mm. So it's just to, and that's not to scare people into following Jesus because that's not the way that he would want us to do it. He doesn't want us to scare people into following him at all. But at the same time, it's a reminder to me that I still need to be out there living for him because some people just aren't switched on to what's going on, you know? You know a lot about Jesus when you follow him like you and me do, and Hunty does, mm. and you ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is such a beautiful thing, where you, every day you ask the Holy Spirit, third person of God here, to come and live inside you, and he becomes your teacher and your guide, and he convicts you on what's wrong and what's right, and he opens the Bible up for you. It's a very powerful experience. You know what I like about Jesus is when you have that, it's the incredible peace you get as this world is just disintegrating around us. And it is in dis- it is, for me. It just seems like it's totally disintegrating. Mm. There are values out there becoming the values of our culture. They are becoming the norm, and they're just so foreign to where I'm at that it leaves me so uncomfortable. And yet, mm. I keep remembering. Well, I got Jesus. I got hope, and I know because I'm experiencing it. I got peace, and that that's kind of what I want to share with other people: is this peace and this completeness that you get that I could never find anywhere else until Jesus came and got me. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a very good answer. Uh, question two, why did you choose to follow Jesus? That's probably part of the same question, really, isn't it? Well, I think it's probably someone else, but... Yes, yeah. okay. I'm going to ask Simon that. Mm. Why do you follow Jesus? Or why Why did you choose to, I think it says. Yes, why did you, why choose, did you choose to follow, to follow Jesus? Jesus? Yeah, well, in a snapshot, I grew up in, I grew up in a Christian home, um, decided to probably put the whole God thing aside when I was about 13, I reckon. I probably lost a bit of interest. When I was 16, my parents no longer forced me to go to church. By the time I, not that they forced me, but, you know, like they yeah. no longer said, well, you have to go to church. Yeah. Oh, I got my free reign sort of thing. Yeah. By the time I was 20, I was making a lot of bad decisions in life, 2021. And I just came to this point where I thought, well, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly steering the ship in the right direction. So perhaps I need to think about this God that I've been taught about my whole life and, and ask myself if there's something in that. And I actually just basically said to God something along the lines, if you even are real, because that's probably where I was at, I, I want you to show, show yourself. And, 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 um, from that point forward, God just started doing some things in my life, not like he rocked up and bright shining colours like he did for Paul mm-hmm. or Saul, but he, he started to reveal himself in different ways. Just so our just so our listeners know, Saul was on the walking to walking or riding, we're not sure, on a horse, on his way to Damascus and God 
basically <laughs> struck him down with a bolt of lightning. It was an, you know, that's not exactly how it happened, but it was a magnificent, very visible, very powerful calling, wasn't it? So what you're saying is you didn't have that. No, Jesus was a bit more right. gentle to you. That's right. He was much more gentle to me. I didn't get that one. Yeah. But um, he definitely revealed himself in different ways, and, and I've just found that since I've been walking with him, my life is not problem-free. He doesn't promise that. In fact, he says, in this world you will have trouble, Jesus said. But I feel his presence. When I say I feel his presence, I would actually say I see his guidance on my life consistently. Yeah. And I just can't imagine stepping outside of that, to be honest. Yeah, once you had him, you can't give him up. Hunty, what about yes. you? What's your answer to that? Oh, look, I, for me, I, when people ask me, I say, well, look, were you created by a God who loves you or did you evolve? Were you some kind of happy accident? So I say, okay, step one, I believe I was created by a God who loves me. Step two, when I want to work out how to live my life, well, I use the Bible as my roadmap. Step three for me is... Accepting the fact that Jesus died just for me and for my sins. And, and for me, I find it incredible that God created me and that he loves me and that he died to save me. And because he loves me so much, and because I've seen him work in my life, I have no other choice but to follow him with everything I have. That's a good answer, mate. For me, it's a simple one. What's that? I left the Lord Jesus when I was 13. Grew up like you did, Simon, in a Christian home. At 26 years of age, my life was such a mess and I could remember the spirit of what it was like when I was a kid in worship oh, yeah. on a Friday night bringing in the Sabbath with my family and I thought I want that back. Wow. And I think that was the Holy Spirit mm. saying, hey, That's beautiful. Something, there's something better for you, mate, and you've already mm. experienced it as a kid. Mm. And I, I said yes and I never had a quick... I never had a quick um, conversion. In fact, it's been a conversion that's been going on for thirty or forty years. Does that make? Doesn't mean there's I didn't. A, there's a term for that. I didn't make my decision. It's not that I haven't made my decision, but I still feel my conversion to Christ is deepening right now, every yep. single day. Yep. Mm. Um, and it's a beautiful. I mean, I can't. We're Aussies. We're you're looking at three real Aussie boys here. Yep, I mean two Queensland boys and a, and a, and a New South <laughs> Wales boy, and uh, we're we're culturally Aussies, hunty. Yes, aren't we, Simon? We are. Co- we understand Australia. We're part of Australia. We are Australian. I feel indigenous to this part of the world. Well, I'm just looking at you. You don't look no overly. Still feel it. Um, and <laughs> you got three Aussie boys here that God got a hold of. And has just made such a difference in all our lives. And you can only testify of how good God is. For me, you know, what's it like, Simon, to constantly have a God that will forgive you? Mm. And he's so gentle mm. with your heart. Mm. And so tolerant and so long-suffering. I mean, he, you can look at God any way you like. You don't even have to believe in him. But I'm telling you, for us who know, for us who know him, he is beautiful. Mm. Um, and I, someone said it just before, could not imagine living without him. Mm. Mm, true. All right, moving on. Do you think Australia will ever come to Christ again? Simon? Australia? <clears throat> no, not in total. Um, that's my... When I say not in total, I I don't think as a nation we'll uh, come round to that point. I mean, I, 
I I see us moving away from Jesus, if anything, as a nation. Um, yeah, may there will there be some religious revival and awakenings at times, certainly, and may there be a a um, religious swing back from where we've been, possibly. I don't know, but. Yeah, that's my take on it. But I'd, I'd like to hear Lloyd's one on this one, actually. Mm, I agree with blow you. that up. I, I actually think it's getting harder and harder. The Australian culture really struggles with Jesus. Um, really, from the time we start school onwards, Jesus doesn't have a real big part to play in our culture. It's sport, money, sex, all those things that make Australia what Australia is, you yep. know. Holidays, pleasure. We're a pleasure-loving people. That's not not saying that's so bad either. I mean, the footy and and uh, th- that's a big thing. A lot more people going to the footy, I suppose, and go to church or watching the footy at least, participating in the footy at one level or another than they do with church. I, I don't nah, I don't see Australia ever coming back to God in a wholesale way. But I reckon that, and that's why we do this radio program. That's why we're going to Melbourne, going to Warburton. To share Jesus, I reckon there's always going to be people, there's always going to be Aussies like us three who are going to respond to the call of Jesus and be blessed. Mm. And Jesus loves Australia. You can be sure of that. Let me put a plug in for, for Warburton right now. Would that be all right? Yeah. The, the series is called Surviving Chaos, and Lloyd will be presenting nine topics over three weekends, starting... September 2, Friday, Friday, 7 p.m. This Friday. That's exactly right. That's three or four days' time. At the Redwood Centre. At the Warburton Community Centre. Oh. One, two, three. Oh, hang on. Redwood Centre. That's right. Yeah. You better get that <laughs> I right. Better get that right. <laughs> but it's in Warburton and it's this Friday night. So if you would like to discover how to survive chaos and you're in the area, we would love to meet you and see you. You know what I'll be doing really, Hunty? What's that? I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about how you can know Jesus. I'm going to talk about how you can hear his voice. Yes. So that you can walk with him through the struggles of this life. It's not about religion. It's not It's not even about my own denomination. You know that, Simon? It's not even about Adventism. This program is about Jesus Christ and how you can know him, how you can hear his voice and have a real relationship with him. You want to know how to survive the chaos? That's how you do it. That's it. All right. That wasn't scripted either, that. No, no. Just just came along. All right. Uh, Next question, question four. How should we respond to government rules and regulations that seem to contradict God's laws? Um, Carefully. But, you know, like the apostles said in days of old, I'd, I'd rather obey God than man, if I had to have the choice. Fortunately, in Australia, I don't see that happening too much at the moment. Um, I don't. I'm personally not conflicted by any laws that the government's put out. That we have to be careful in certain parts of Australia with what we say on our radio program. Yeah, but that doesn't conflict with my personal freedoms to live right. as I want, to believe as I want, right. and even then, even with the laws that are in some states, Victoria's. Um, world famous for its laws and its uh, its ability to um, the state down there to restrict what can and can't be said publicly. But even there, I mean, I'm going down there to share Jesus at Warburton. I'm not worried. Yep. I'm not going to end up in jail. Um, and I'm going to share very freely who Jesus is and what he offers. So um, it's, it's not in Australia at the moment, is it, really? 
True. And uh, so we're not threatened by that. But if you lived in a country where it was and you're going to go to prison or be persecuted, and there are nations in the world that that, that is the case, well, then I think every Christian is going to default to Jesus every time. Good. Simon? Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, I mean, the book of Romans talks about that. In Romans 14, it talks about um, it talks about basically following what the government has set out. But at the same time, of course, the Bible is very clear that we we shouldn't do anything that goes against what God has set out for us. And so on the one hand, we're good citizens and we abide by the regulations of the government, but when they cross over with what God wants us to do, then we don't. But I would, you know, I would say... Here in Australia, in terms of what we can and can't do at the moment, we, we, we've got a pretty good run. Um, I've never felt like I've really had to be too worried about what the government is kind of pushing on, mm. asking me to do. In saying that, I, I do I do see agendas behind certain things where, yeah, you know, sure. people are pushing pushing us away from Christian values, etc. Yeah, but yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I, I'm with you, Lloyd, that I at the moment I, I can live pretty clear conscience. It's going to be pretty hard for us if things too restrict our ability to share Christ and to live Christ. It would be pretty hard. I, 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 I watch other countries without naming them where this is happening. I talk to people in other countries where this is happening. It's very challenging when all of a sudden your government turns against Christ and you can't live or share him openly. Um, and, of course, the trouble with that is the DNA of a Christian is to share, isn't it? I mean, if you're a born-again Christian, you're going to share Jesus. Nothing will shut you up. You're going to do it with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the third person that God is. He'll tell you when to and when not to so you don't hurt the cause, but you're going to share. Did you want to say any more on that, Hunty, or are you going to move to the next? No, I'm well, <laughs> I want to release the handbrake and keep moving. Yep. <laughs> do you see the Catholic Church as a Christian church? Uh, it's not a Protestant church. And by Protestant, you know, the Protestant church believes, and, and Advent, the, the church I belong to, Seventh-day Adventists believes that you are saved by faith and faith alone. Uh, so um, it's not a Protestant church. Is it a Christian church? Well, it, it yeah, it, look, I don't, I wouldn't pretend to be a, an expert on Catholicism, but I think it's probably fair to say that most Catholics believe in Jesus and they believe that Jesus died for them. They have a rudimentary understanding of the gospel, even if they see it a little bit differently than us. And, and they certainly see salvation in a different uh, light than Protestants. Um, I, I don't know how you are on this, this Simon, but I'm very loath to say anyone's not Christian if they want to claim Christ. It's such a personal thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's not it's, so much a denominational thing. It's a personal thing, so... Yeah. yeah, you know, like the, theologically, if you look, if you got out the, the 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 Adventist Handbook of Theology and read through it, then you got out a Catholic version and had a read of that. Not that I don't even know if they got one of those, like one yeah. on each or whatever. But you know, you see some huge differences probably in terms of what we believe around Christianity and that yeah. sort of stuff. But I guess my 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 experience is telling me that there's so, so many lovely Catholic people that really, to me, as I interact with them. Just seem to have a genuine belief in Jesus and, and, and a desire to serve God. And so I'd be very hesitant to, to come out and say, well, you, you think a little bit differently to me, so you, you're not a follower of Jesus. So I'd, I'd be very hesitant. I'd be more open to, to leave that one up to the big man. I think you're right. I, I, I don't think, Hunty, we can really go around and accuse this group or that group of being Christian or not. Um, they're, 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 look, a Muslim's not a Christian. And they don't claim to be, nor is someone who is a Buddhist. 
or a Hindu. They don't claim that. Uh, but as far as I understand, Roman Catholics claim Christ, Adventists claim Christ, Baptists claim Christ, Methodists, Presbyterians, we all claim Christ, but perhaps we have a, a different way of seeing some things, and, and, and those things are very important too. Um, but I think you're right. Let's just leave that to God, Hunty. All right, then. That um, that about wraps up our Aussie pasta. I enjoyed that. Hey, me too. Okay, moving on. You're listening to the Aussie pasta here on Faith FM. Running out of time, running out of time. It's time for a song. The Booth <laughs> Brothers, Castles in the Sand. These guys are fantastic, and I love this song. Okay. What's it called? Castles in the Sand. <laughs> Tell something to our I say something to our listeners. Now, if you heard raucous laughter at the start of that last song, that's because my mate, my good friend, my buddy Lloyd, realised that I had fickled fingered the start of the song, and he was enjoying it. <laughs> so, all of those of you who heard that laugh, that was Lloyd celebrating my fickle finger syndrome. <laughs> it was not. Did I? I've already forgotten. Did I really laugh at you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome back, Simon. 
Oh, where is Simon? I think we're going. Good. Oh, good. good to go. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. We're talking about your youth depression, and we're, we're, of course, I'm running out of time. I've got about seven minutes with you today. We're talking about youth depression last week, and we're talking about, I think, as I remembered, about 5% of young people in Australia have depression. Correct. Um, and we got into why depression was so rampant. You want to just remind us why you think that is the case? And before you start, yeah. I'd just better give, her a, better sure. give a trigger warning to our listeners who might be quite sensitive at the moment, and that is if you need help, contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. So please, we don't want to trigger anyone this afternoon, but if you are on the edge, then please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Simon. Thank you, Hunty. Great, great advice on that one. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it can be a really tough environment for young people, you know, they're they're growing up, they're um, at school, there can be a lot of pressure, there can be bullying, the bullying can go into an online form, um, there's a lot of comparison happening between young people, especially in things like social media, um, they're trying to work out who they are, what they stand for, and, and I just think, yeah, being a teenager in particular, you know, it's not an easy, it's actually not an easy space at all for young people to navigate. Does... does do online games, movies that they're watching, music they're listening to, does that have anything to do with it or probably not? I mean, I don't, I don't 100% know, but I, I would say that the way that we spend our time in general um, has got to play a part in things. So let, let's say, for example, you sit inside a room with, with not much light or whatever, playing games all day, on like video or games all day, are you going to feel anywhere near as good as if you went for example, out for a, a bushwalk for the day with the sunlight and the green grass and the fresh air or you went and played soccer with your mates or you went and, you know, you're involved in like a tennis club or whatever it is that you do for fun. Um, so I just think that, yeah, activities that we do, there's no doubt that if you're doing positive activities that are getting you moving and into the sunlight and, and the fresh air, that's, that's much better than ones that aren't. It's, it's amazing actually watching my dad who unfortunately can no longer walk. So he's in a nursing home, in a bedroom, rarely gets into the sun, yep. doesn't get a chance to exercise because he can't. And it's interesting to watch as he battles away with depression, not being able to do what you just said, exercise, sunlight. We're designed as human beings to be outside. When I watch my own kids, I've seen one of my kids go 20 hours hunting. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen the glow of the video game lights at 3 or 4 in the morning. 20 your place. hours in a row playing a video game. And it does seem to depress them a little bit. Now, I don't know whether there's any uh, um, sort of studies on that sort of thing or not, Simon, but yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say I've got a lot of science or anything on it, but I, I just think some of these things are a little bit self-explanatory in some ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, if, if you're a parent and you've got a child who's depressed for whatever reason, is there somewhere you can go for help? Do you know? Well, you're a youth leader. You, you look after thousands of young people. Uh, in fact, you've got a youth camp. We talked about this last week in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Some of my kids are gone. There'll be no one at church, man. Sorry about that, mate. Send him back the week after. I can see he's not sorry in the least, actually. <laughs> oh, well, you'll send him back probably with decisions for the Lord, so that's yeah, nice. We like that. Yeah. We'll um, send him back with decisions for the Lord, hopefully. That's, that's yeah. it. Um, is, is, there, is there anywhere parents can take their kids that you know of? Yeah, look, I think... When it comes to these things, there's multifaceted ways of getting help for young people. 
um, you know, as an example, a first point of call would be your local doctor because they can help you with some medical advice around, okay, well, here's what's happening and here's what's going on. Uh, so take your, take your kid to the doctor? Yeah. Yep. Take him to the doctor um, just to just to kind of get – doctors are quick at picking this stuff up. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you, there's nothing wrong with, with, with doing that sort of thing. And then, of course, they can also give you referrals from there in terms of, like, perhaps it's good for the young person to see a counsellor and they might need to see that counsellor on a regular basis as they work through something. Um, so, you know, there's that medical kind of aspect of it all. But on the other side of that, of course, I would say talk to your local pastor as well because you – um, churches often have lots to, to offer to young people where they can get them involved in something. Perhaps it's something simple like like serving somewhere or, um, you know, just being engaged in some kind of activity or get them into a group where there's a group of young people that they can hang out with and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is... Um, it, for me, it's probably not just one thing or another that a parent would want to look for, but I would say I'd be looking at multiple things um, to, to help your young person. It's amazing. I've seen this myself in my own youth work. You didn't know I'd worked in youth work, did you, mate? Yeah, I knew. For the first whatever of my ministry years, decades. Anyway, uh, what I saw, and they were years ago now, so I'm a bit out of touch, but it is amazing to watch how kids lift when they're surrounded by friends young people, other young people who genuinely like them, enjoy being mm. with them and have similar interests. It is amazing to see how they lift. And and I've seen that myself. I've seen kids come into camps looking unhappy. Yeah. And I've seen them going away absolutely buzzing. And and I'm not saying that we, we cured their depression or anything in that. But ah, no, no. I'm just saying that, you know, those sorts of healthy activities can definitely help. So there's no doubt you want to seek professional help, medical help. Yep. For things like depression and anxiety and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you know, it's also thinking about the sorts of activities that you'd want to get your kids involved in and the sorts of environments that you want to put them in as well. Because let's say, for example, their environment at school, they're getting bullied or something. And then um, let's say things aren't happy at home. Um, you know, there's two environments that they're in straight up where things aren't looking great. So, you know, that's just an example to say, like, the environment that our kids are in, can really play on them and it's really important that we get them into healthy environments whilst we're getting them that medical help, you know, to, to work the stuff through. Yep, and our time's up, but I'm going to ask you one last question anyway. The chances of too many young people watch listening to this program is probably not huge, but there are some. What would you say to a young person who's suffering depression? What advice do you give? Yeah, I would say to a young person suffering depression, um... It is uh, it is something you can come out of. I would say that to them. I've had depression in the past myself. Mm. I actually had a severe case of depression when I was in my teens. And I don't really tell this story very often, actually, but I did to the point where I was actually not even able to function, mm. like not even able to function. Um, and for me, what what got me out of it was a combination of things. I think God was part of it. Yep. I definitely do as I reflect on it. I think his goodness was upon my life. I think the medical help was a part of it and the professional help was a part of it. I think my family getting me, getting me into some good environments um, was a part of it as well. And so I guess I just say to anyone that's dealing with depression out there, there's hope. And, and I think that, um, 
you may sort of feel like you're, you're forgotten about at the moment, but I would also say that I believe firmly God's hands on your life okay. and, and he wants to do something with you and, and there's a there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Similar to me, I went to depression. Exercise, hanging around people who bring joy to your life, um, God, medical help, all those things help me. to uh, and, and having a heart of thankfulness, I actually started to pray and thank God for the good things in my life, and that had a lot to do with me coming out too. But, hey, thank you, Simon. One yeah, last yeah, question. No, no, I, know, I know my time's up, but even what even your sleep and your diet, you think about yeah. like you start sleeping good, you start eating good, you yeah, put yourself yeah. in a good environment, you exercise well, you get some friends. Before you know it, you're going to be the happiest person on the planet. It's true. It's true. Hey, uh, we just got a text from a listener. See, I said listener, hunter, not viewer. <laughs> it's a she. She wants to know about your baby. And this is fair dinkum. I got the text. I got the text right here. What about Simon's baby? Well, our baby is beautiful. Her name's Vienna. She's three and a half months old, and she's the cutest thing on the planet at the moment. There and I'm thankful to God about her. Maybe we'll interview her next time and see what sort of a daddy is. That's it. Did you have one last question, Lloyd? Are you done? That's done. You're done. Yeah, because we're running out of time. Oh, thanks, Simon. We love you, mate. Yeah, mate. You're, you're, you're a joy to have on here, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. See you, mate. Thank you, Thank guys. You. God bless you, and God bless the listeners. Yeah, See you yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This, my friend, is Gerald Wolf again in hymn sing. He's in a big church. There's a thousand people there. They're singing. Yep, yep. This, I put these in because it's a little bit what it's like in our church on Saturday. True that. And it's called Jesus Saves. So this is a great old song, Jesus Saves Me.
I love that. And I'm with that guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a ripper. I want to be in church and sing that song with that congregation. Heck yes. Uh, oh, can't say heck yes, can I? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I definitely can't say that. <laughs> we need to get a 15 second, what do they call those? Yeah, those panic the, those delay or, things. Yeah, delay. <laughs> so in for, case of verbal for both of us. misfunction. <laughs> oh dear. Um, as I said, um, come Thursday, I'm going to get in my car and you're yep. going to go down in your car and caravan. That's right. And we're going to go to Warburton just outside of Melbourne. Now, I don't even know whether Faith FM goes into Melbourne. Yes, it does. It does? Absolutely. Warburton? We're, we're actually playing ads in Warburton, Victoria, Melbourne area right now for this very so special series Faith, of meetings. Faith, Faith FM goes to Warburton? Well, I've sent them an ad to play. Okay. So, I would say yes. Have you got that ad? Can we play it? Oh. That's a very good question. Not a chance, eh? Yeah, you know what? It's on my phone, so I reckon I probably could. <laughs> because we people think we're organised for this. We're not organised at all. all right. I'm getting in my... All right. No, no, no. Here we go. Can you? Plugging it in. Let's see. Let's see what happens. This guy's a button. genius. Well, I don't know. Let's push a button and see what happens. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. G'day. My name is Lloyd Grolleman and I'm the Aussie pastor and I am very excited because I'm coming to Warburton, Victoria for three huge weekends, September 2 to September 17. Friday evening, 7pm and Saturdays, 11am and 4.30pm in the beautiful Redwood Centre. And I'm presenting a series called Surviving Chaos where I'll be talking about the pressures that we're all under, the financial pressure, the family pressure, the disintegrating work that we are all struggling to live in with its wars and its famines and its pandemics and all its troubles and struggles. How to Survive Chaos. Friday night, September 2, we launch and I can't wait to see you. It's going to be a fabulous series. Now, it's in the Redwood Centre, Hunty. Okay. Um, I'm listening to that too. I'm thinking, oh, that sounds pretty... Morose in a way, talking about <laughs> all the bad things in the world. I, look, I am going to talk about what's going on in the world, but I think a lot of us already know what's going on in the world. That's right. What I'm going to talk about is the answer to what's going on in the world. Yes. And it is my friend Jesus. That's and as right. I said before, make no mistake, and I can promise you this, that I will show you, and this is a cast iron guarantee, if you choose to come to this program in the Redwood Centre. Is the Redwood Centre beautiful like I said it was, Hunty? I've never... Have you been in it? I yeah, have. You know I've, been to, I've been in it, but a long, long time ago. I remembered it as a beautiful little convention centre hall. Is it flat floor? Uh, yeah, a little small stage, flat floor, nice, beautiful environment. Warburton's beautiful anyway. Oh, it is. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually yeah. looking forward to staying and there I'm for two sure weeks. I'm pretty sure it's opposite the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Okay. Mm, pretty quite, across pretty the close road. to the middle of town. Yeah. So I, here's my cast-iron guarantee. If you come to this program, you will walk out and you will know how to hear the voice of God. That's it. And I reckon that's a big deal. You will know how to talk to Jesus and hear him. And I'll tell you why that's a big deal. Because the world is, I reckon it is, hunty, it's disintegrating. Things are getting worse. The pressure is coming down upon us. Most of us can feel it. Some of us are getting bent over with it. You know what I mean, hunty? Yes, I do. And look, I reckon, this is my view, I would never be a Christian. And this is a bold statement, but it's a fact. And I can back this up. 
I would never be a Christian if I didn't serve a real God who talks back to me. Yep. Who I have a real... This is not pie-in-the-sky, airy-fairy stuff. I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm going to show you in this series how to know Jesus and to hear his voice. And if you've got God, if you can go to God, if you can go into his throne room and you can talk to him, then I can tell you now, hunty, there's nothing the world can throw at you. No matter how bad things get down here, you won't cope and be able to get through because you doing it with God. Yes. Does that make sense, Hunter? So you will cope because now, you're Now, what God. if you live in a different area of Australia and you can't make the Redwood Centre? What are we going to do about that? Okay. Well, let's let's get our video gear out and let's record the programs. So we're going to record the programs. We're going to put them on our Aussie Pastor Facebook and YouTube pages. How do you get to our Aussie Pastor Facebook page? Oh, that's easy. AussiePastor.com. Or the Facebook page? That's not the Facebook page. The Facebook page is Aussie Pastor. So you just if you're on Facebook, you, you just, just Google you Aussie just Pastor. You put into the search box Aussie Pastor, and it should come up with Lloyd Groland Aussie Pastor. And There's a photo of you there on your motorbike. So are we going to live stream these programs or no? We're going to bring them home, aren't we? And we're actually going to play them nine. I think it's starting. I, I, I'm guessing. I think it's a... Can I just check this out, Hunty? I'm going to my calendar real fast. I know our, our time is up. <laughs> but I think we're going to start on, let me have a look, September. Yeah, it is. We're going to start September 23 on Facebook, YouTube. For These programs are already recorded. We're going to have them online. And you know what I'm going to do after that, Hunty? What's that? I'm going to open up live Bible studies. Yeah, it's a on good call. Zoom. On Zoom. Yeah, we'll do it on so Zoom. So anybody can come yep. and join our Bible study group. You're going to hear a lot more about that on the radio. For sure. Before it's all over. Well, our last song, Hunty. Yep. It's a beautiful it one. We've got to have a song from Signature Sound most weeks, don't we? <laughs> and this is this is what I'm talking about. Shackled by a heavy burden and freed by Jesus. This is Signature Sound. The song's beautiful. <laughs>
told you, hunty, Jesus is beautiful. Yeah, for sure. And when he touches your mind and your heart and he comes in and he heals you and he lifts you up, life is never the same. Hey, we've got just a few minutes, which we don't normally have. I want you to play the ad again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, am I putting you under pressure Happily. or is that all right? Not ready. Okay, yep. I got okay. it. All yep. right. Yep. Okay, listeners, this is the ad. G'day. My name is Lloyd Grolleman and I'm the Aussie pastor and I am very excited because I'm coming to Warburton, Victoria for three huge weekends, September 2 to September 17. Friday evening, 7pm and Saturdays, 11am and 4.30pm in the beautiful Redwood Centre. And I'm presenting a series called Surviving Chaos where I'll be talking about the pressures that we're all under, the financial pressure, the family pressure, the disintegrating world that we are all struggling to live in with its wars and its famines and its pandemics and all its troubles and struggles. How to Survive Chaos. Friday night, September 2, we launch and I can't wait to see you. It's going to be a fabulous series. So that's this Friday night, Hunty. It is this Friday night. You're, we're, we're leaving Wednesday. That's what no, I'm leaving. No, Wednesday. I'm leaving Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday. You're leaving Thursday I'm morning. I'm leaving Thursday. What time was it Friday night? Was it 7 uh, I've got I've got the fly rate and it says 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock yep. Friday night. Yep. This, this coming Friday night, 7 o'clock. Correct. And they're three different programs, by the way. Yes. Um, so on Friday night, I'm going to be talking about Jesus, how the world got in such a state. On Saturday at 4 o'clock, I'm going to talk about what Jesus is going to do about it. It's actually four thirty, but yep, four thirty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, but if they turn up early, that's cool. That's good. They, they can, can talk to me. Yeah, meet yeah. the Aussie pastor. Uh, and then on uh, the Saturday afternoon at what? Uh, no, let's start that again. Start again. Seven o'clock Friday night. You're going to talk about the world's chaos. I'm going to talk about why we're where we are. Yes, and what's going on. Then Saturday eleven o'clock. I'm going to talk about what's going to happen at the end of the chaos. And Saturday afternoon, 4.30 p.m.? I'm going to start to talk about how you can hear the voice of God. Nice. And I can tell you what, that's this, pretty early on I want to get this thing practical. I know I know Saturday afternoon's program. It's a beauty. Uh, actually, I've heard half of it before, I think. You don't know this one. Oh, is it a new one? It is. Oh, these, are, they, these are actually all new topics for me. So oh, wow. I'm looking forward to it. And I want, if you're in the Warburton area, if you're in Melbourne, come on out. Come on up. I don't think it's that far, is it? <laughs> Short drive up in the valley. For us Queenslanders, for you New South Wales boys, it's just a, a little trip and want you to come out. Well, we're glad you joined us today. I hope God's blessed you with what you've been able to hear. And uh, I want you to remember that Jesus loves you. He loves you That's deeply it. and he loves you compassionately and he loves you without... Any qualifications at all, I want to pray. Lord Jesus, bless us now as we go our way. Bless this program on the weekend at Warburton and bring the people out, I pray, Jesus, so they can hear your message. We love you. You're wonderful, God, in your name. Amen. Amen. My name's Lloyd Grollam and I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty, Man in Black. Huh? Yep, Men in Black. What's yeah, that? Black T-shirt, black jeans. Oh, okay. I'm the tech. <laughs> Jesus loves you. He, he loves, loves you so, so much. No, no yep. let's do it again. Okay. I love you. Yep, and I love you. But also, Jesus loves you. Jesus so loves more. you so much more. See ya. See ya. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. 
If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 